This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 47. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. I'm with my wonderfully beautiful co-host, Mr. Chris Graham. Chris Graham, they can't see you today because you are... On a podcast. On a podcast, right. This doesn't work for that. <laughs> You've actually got something new going on today other than your wonderful lighting and your sharp, radiant face. What are you doing different than last week? I have finally taken the jump and I spent the last week converting the mastering studio to a standing desk setup. That takes some gall, man. I feel like anyone that's willing to move their entire desk up six to eight or 12 or how many inches it is, that's going to change the sound of your room. Did it? It did. It took a lot of tuning. It took a lot of adjustments, but I'm actually in a better spot. I'm happier with how my room sounds now than I was at a sitting desk. But more importantly, I feel better. I've got a lot more energy. I'm just not like a health nut or anything. My natural inclination is to stand. Yeah. I tend to be higher energy. And when I sit, I'm just moping. <laughs> I'm pumped about it. I've got this big, huge, it's actually a workbench with a super thick maple top on it that's up to my belly button. And I love it. I'm excited. That's funny. You say you're energetic when you stand. You guys don't know this, but every week we get on and we sit and we like map out what our episode is going to be. We have no idea going in, honestly. <laughs> we just have ideas that have come to us throughout the week. We talk about them until one finally sticks. We've been at this for 55 minutes today. <laughs> and we're just now starting the recording process. I've just been slouching down the entire time. Meanwhile, you're standing there looking energetic and radiant. I'm burning there's calories. Something to yeah, you're burning calories. You're working on your core muscles, having some good stability. You should balance yourself on a little like balancing beam. You know, that little like cylinder with the wood uh, plank. It's like yeah. a seesaw and just stand on that and keep your balance and see if you can do it while you build your stabilizer muscles. I suspect that would have negative consequences on the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> some actual coordination required. But all that to say, we finally laid on an episode today that we think is going to be beneficial. And we just said, fuck it. We're just going to record. We're not going to math this out at all. We've been going for 55 minutes. If this episode sucks, it's okay. It's not going to suck though, because this is something that is going to be affecting most, if not all of our listeners today, no matter what level you're at. And the higher level you are, as far as your income and experience, the more important this is for you. So for those of you who are already at you know high five figures, low six figures income with your studios, and you don't have this yet, this is even more of an important episode to you because this can be a game changer for you. The thing that we're talking about today is building your team. And we don't mean hiring employees. We don't mean you know going down that rabbit hole yet because that's a whole different conversation and most people aren't ready for that yet. But what we do mean is building a team of freelancers that your artists can work with. Big picture is what are the things that the people you work with need and why not already have a team prepared that you've already vetted, you've already worked with, you've built trust, you have a referral network going with that you can then refer your artist to. Every single person you work with, you're referring to people on your team. And so this conversation gets really interesting because when you send work to people, a lot of times they send work to you. So this is a really good way to essentially trade work. I would hesitate to say have a specific like, I'll give you 10% of anything I send you and you give me 10% of anything you send me and there's this whole money changing hand of things. No, just keep it, keep it 100% just like go-giver mentality where you're just sending people off you hope things come in return, but you're not expecting it. Chris, let's start talking about who are these team members and why is this so important, no matter what stage in your career you are? 
Well, yeah. I mean, the big thing here is if you want to grow, at some point, other people will have to be involved. I know for me, there was a lot of resistance to this idea when I first started down this path 10 years ago or so. I think the reason I had resistance to this idea of bringing people on my team was because I'm an arrogant son of a biscuit. That's true. That's true. (laughs) What I was really in audio for was to show off that I could do all the things and I was smarter and better and all the stupid. I mean, it was a classic like 22 year old. So for myself, a lot of growing my business was finding people who had skills that I didn't have and getting over my own ego of like wanting to show off how much I was capable of. Maybe that's some of us as an audience, but I think that's a big question there. Why wouldn't you have a team? Is that a creativity issue where you haven't been creative enough to figure out how to do it? Which to call a spade a spade, a lot of times this is a creativity activity that you are looking at a problem and you're creatively solving it the same way you would write a song or create instrumentation for a song or you know produce a record. You're using that same muscle to find a way to create win-win scenarios between you and other people. And frankly, win-win-win scenarios between you, other people, and your customers. Absolutely. And so I think we have a little bit of a list here to talk about. And then we're going to kind of dive a little deeper, not super deep into any of these. We're going to talk about like, who are these people? Who is this team that you need to build and how do you find them? And then when you find these people, what do you do? How do you actually bring this up in your day-to-day life? Or how do you actually refer people to them? Or how do you, how does this work? How does this all play out in a real life scenario? So I think one of the biggest things you have to figure out is how do you get other people to help you and to help your artists? That's the big question. And there's a couple different ways that you can structure this. One of the most obvious ways is to hire other freelancers like yourself. If you are a mix engineer and you know somebody who is an editor, sometimes there's a natural synergy there. Synergy, you know, meaning the two of you are kind of moving in the same direction and can both accelerate each other. Yeah, basically two plus two is five instead of two plus two is four. The two of you together makes more than the sum of its parts. Exactly. So the second way you could do this is the old school way is employees, is hiring people and paying them money. But we're not going to talk about that almost at all in this episode. Absolutely, because that's really, that's out of the reach of most of our listeners. Well, and not only that, I'm a weird hippie and I don't completely agree (laughs) when I can avoid it with having employees. I'd much rather have partners, which is the next one. Partners are where you share, where uh, you say, hey, if I can bring us in this client and you do this and I do this, here's the percentage you will get and here's the percentage I will get. I partly agree with Chris. We've actually argued about this on the podcast before. We both made great points for and against it. But the reasoning behind Chris's mindset here is if you set it up as partnership, your goals are aligned Yes. instead of with an employee, it's, hey, I'm just working to get my paycheck. So we're not going to go deep into that. There's previous episodes where we talk about this, but what is the next one, Chris? The next one is companies. This is a really easy one. If there's a company that specializes in merch design for the band, you can partner with them. If there's a company... You know, back in the day, I would partner, there was a specific CD manufacturing company that I used to partner with and I would send them customers and it was great. So yeah, there are all sorts of different companies that you could partner with. If you are savvy enough to convince a company to partner with you, that can be a really big deal, especially if that company has a lot of potential customers for you. If they're giving you access to their customer list or they're putting a link to you on their website, 
And I would say that's exceedingly rare. Like very few yeah. of our listeners are going to get that. However, there are still benefits to all of these, whether it's a partner, a freelancer, a company, it doesn't make a huge difference because at the end of the day, you're still adding value to your clients. So just say for your example, back when people still actually printed CDs, when you were connecting the artist to that CD manufacturer that you had already gone out of the way to vet to make sure they were going to do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it, you were putting your reputation on the line by sending that artist to their company. You're adding value by doing that. And that goes a long way. But what I want to focus on today is really building out your freelance team, because this is an area where there are so many benefits, because like you said earlier, it's not just a win. It's not just a win-win. It's a win-win-win. Your artist is getting value out of it because they're getting connected to a freelancer that you have gone out of your way to make sure they're going to do what they say they're going to do. The freelancer gets a win because they're getting paid and they're getting a free client. Who doesn't want that? And then you as an entrepreneur, you are getting a win out of this because you're going to eventually get some people referred to you from these freelancers. Now, I've already said this before in the past, but you're not always going to get a referral back. You're not always going to get exactly what you put back immediately, but over time, you're going to get 10X what you put into this. So if you can build a good team out here and you can refer people with no strings attached, that will return back to you tenfold. And so that's a win, win, win in my book. Yeah. There's another thing you can do with freelancers as well is you can hire the freelancers with the client's money. This is something I always oh, yeah. recommend. I forgot about that. Yeah, this is huge. So let's say a band comes in and their drummer quits right after they hire you. You listen to the band and you say, hmm, man, I've got a guy that would just be great for this band who's worked with me on previous records. I'll tell you what I'll do, guys. I have an amazing drummer. Here's a song that he played on. Sounds great, right? I've worked with him before. He's solid. He's dependable. It would cost you guys $300 to bring him in, I'm just throwing this number out, and to play on your record. And then the band pays you, and then you go out and talk to the drummer, and you hire the drummer with the money you just got paid. This is good for a couple reasons. One, it develops loyalty with the freelancer because you're the guy bringing the work to him. And two, it generates something called cash flow. Cash flow is a fancy business term that means exactly what it sounds like it means. It means money in and money out. And if you're trying to buy a house or- Oh, a good point. Yeah. Whatever you're trying to do with your life, more cash flow is always good so long as it's positive cash flow. But when you have that money in, money out, it gives you a lot more control, especially if you negotiate with the drummer and the drummer's like, yeah, you can pay me in 30 days. It's called plus 30. So if you come in and the drummer's like, yeah, you can pay me in 30 days, you just got a free loan for $300 interest-free. And if you want to make an investment or you want to, you know, whatever you happen to want to do with that money, even if it's just, it gives you a little bit of time to get your ducks in a row. That's really, really nice. Yeah. That's just like a little added benefit. I would not focus too much on that. Again, at the end of the day, if you are working with a lot of clients and you have a lot of freelancers that you're hiring in a lot of different areas, that can be a significant amount of cash flow that you are holding on to. It does look good on paper whenever you're trying to buy a house. Yeah. And let's sort of really point out the big thing, one of the most important things I want you guys to take home from this is what we are talking about, you don't have to think of it as business. What I think you should think of it as is creativity. Making deals, finding ways to create win-win-win situations is a creative endeavor first and foremost. It's not this smarmy, slimy business guy thing trying to figure out how can I get that guy a win and that guy a win and myself a win is creative problem solving in the same way of like, how could I make this snare sound better on this song? Oh, I know. 
I'll put a speaker over top of the snare and I'll play the sample back through the snare and record that and then mix it. All of these things that we do as engineers are creative problem solving. So this sort of deal making, this sort of building a team is something you're probably going to be pretty naturally good at. So let's actually talk about that team that you're going to build out. And then a few little points around that. The first, I'm just going to name some things real quick. And then we're going to touch on a couple of these, but just think about it from the perspective of an artist. If you've been an artist in the past, you've recorded before, then this should be a lot easier for you. If you've just been an audio engineer or just been in you know, recording or editing or mixing audio your whole life, you've never been an artist on the artist side of things, this is going to be a little bit more difficult, but you can have some conversations or just have some creative thought and you could probably figure these things out. But almost every artist needs these things. They need a graphic designer for merch. They need a graphic designer for album art, for all these tour posters, tour laminates, all sorts of things. So having a graphic designer in your back pocket as part of your team that you can refer your artist to is going to be one of the most valuable things you're going to have. It's just a natural synergy between you, your artist, and a graphic designer. If you do a great job on a project and they have their little sister design the album artwork and it looks unprofessional, it's going to affect you. Yeah. So there was actually a discussion in our Facebook community that goes along with the next freelancer here, and that is videographer. Oh, yeah. Video is becoming a big part. I mean, it's not becoming, it's been for a long time, but now with YouTube and social media. So videographer is going to be a big part of your team. Videographer is someone that you trust that is going to do a good job with your artist. And so when the album is done, they have someone they can go to to create music videos or to create content, even in the studio, having a videographer in the studio for content to send out to the artist's fans. But this brings back what we were talking about earlier. There was a conversation inside of the Six Figure Home Studio Facebook community where an audio engineer had done an album with an artist and it turned out great. But then that artist went and did a music video and the music video was awful, just horrible, just pitiful and so unprofessional that the audio engineer didn't want his name associated with it. And it was frustrating for him. Having a good quality videographer that you can refer your artist to can save you from the heartache of having to deal with that sort of thing. I'm not saying it would have saved the day here. If that artist was stuck on some random videographer that they had already made a deal with and there's nothing you can do to change it. That's just the way it is. But having this in your back pocket can help save an artist sometimes, save their career sometimes. It can make the artist if they do a video and it goes viral. So case in point, a client I just worked with, guy that listens to our podcast, hired me to master a song for him. They made a video for the song and it went massively viral. It's like four and a half million views right now. Yeah. It was at three million within like a day of it being posted. <laughs> yeah. It was a throwback to the old VeggieTales theme song. It was like in a rap thing and it was like hilarious. Had no idea that one of my students in PPC was the guy who produced it and that our podcast co-host Chris Graham was the mastering engineer. So that was cool to see. But that was a lot of it is the videographer was of great quality. Yeah. And like I said, it can go a long way. It can make or break. You have no idea if something's going to blow up and go viral, but I can promise you if it's mediocre or bad, it probably won't. <laughs> so let me take a minute. Let's pause. I want to point something out that's in the top of my mind right now. Traditionally, the word producer meant two jobs. One, kind of creative leader, visionary guy who helped guide the process. And two, the guy who got other people to help with the process. You couldn't just be the creative guy without having a team and be the producer. You were in charge of figuring out, well, okay, you've got a great song. I'm going to sit down with this writer and he's going to help you polish your songs. And then we're going to go with this tracking engineer. And once we're done with that, we're going to go with this mix engineer and then that mastering engineer. So producer initially 
primarily was the team builder and the guy that directed the individual members of the team. So this is something that seems to be forgot a little bit. Producer just means like guy who made the beat or guy who presses the little red button and turns the knobs. But really the producer is the one who gets shit done. Yeah. The person who says, you know what we need? We need this guy and we bring him in and he does the thing. So don't forget that there's a big opportunity there for home studio owners to see themselves as a traditional producer, someone who builds teams and finds the right people and has this sixth sense about knowing, hey, this guy and that guy would work really, really well together. I'm going to bring them in the same room. Pow. We'll call the band Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how Fleetwood Mac came about was somebody, you know, some traditional producer paired the two up. I'm probably wrong. You guys can uh, roast me for that online later. It's fine. It's fine. But people get the idea. Use an example. It's great. Next on our list of people to potentially put on your team, a good lawyer that specializes in entertainment law is going to be someone that is beneficial to have on your team because if you want an artist to get big time, you know, to go big, to blow up, to go viral, all that stuff, they need to have their legal ducks in a row, especially if they're going to be on a label and being able to connect them with a lawyer if they have no idea about any of this stuff, about the legalities of deals and songwriting and publishing and all this stuff and record deals and booking agencies and management and whatever. It's good to have a lawyer. And if you can help connect someone to a lawyer, that is awesome. Also, it's good to have a lawyer that you're friends with because you never know when you'll need one. Yeah, it's true. That's definitely a great thing. One of my closest friends is the guy that turned me on to the four hour work week is a lawyer and a CEO now. And man, his friendship and his wisdom and knowledge has had a humongous impact on me. Shout out to Matt Crumpton. You're the man. I love you, brother. And so, you know, so far we've talked about, you know, graphic design, videographer, lawyer. Those are relatively easy to find. The next one is not as easy to just go out and find. You can't just really Google this. And that is A&R, Artists and Relations with a label. Now, those of you who have already been through that path in your career and you've just transitioned to the studio world, you already have these connections. So it's not that hard to send out an email to your old A&R and just say, hey, what sort of artists are you looking for right now? And I'll keep a lookout, you know, with the artists I work with, if anyone matches that criteria, because it's easier for you to try to add value to that A&R by asking for what they're looking for. And then when that actually, you find an artist that matches the criteria of what they are looking for, being the person that refers that artist to the A&R, the A&R is always looking for new talent. And so if you can be the person that refers artists to that A&R, that's going to go a long way. And there's one major benefit from this. And that is if you get that artist signed and you've worked with them and they get on the record label, they get a lot of promotion, they get some traction, they take off, they're going to help your career out immensely. And I'm not saying the only way to the top is through labels. I don't believe that at all. But I'm just saying if you have a way to help your artist out, it goes a long way. And having A&R in your back pocket is never a bad thing. Totally. So next on our list of team members is session musicians. We mentioned this earlier in the podcast. When there's you know a need to be filled in the studio, musician-wise whether it's a drummer that quit last second or someone just is not up to snuff on their parts or you know there's a void that needs filled for a specific instrument that they just don't have the talent to play. It is great to have an entire team of session musicians for every single instrument, drums, guitar, bass, vocal, backing vocals. We're talking about random niche instruments like cello, violin, woodwind instruments. Depending on what genre you're in, this is going to vary for all of you, but it's good to have a network of session musicians that you have the ability to go to to bring into the studio for a pretty fair rate. And that again is a win-win-win for all three parties. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. 
You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. So case in point is Motown in the 60s, Barry Gordy. Basically all studios in the 60s, I'm not even going to list them all off. What they would do in the 60s, it was really popular, is they would build a house band. This was what happened out at Capitol. This is what happened down in Memphis, Tennessee with Stax Records. And especially in Motown, they had go-to people. They had like, oh, we got three guitarists, we got two bass players, we got three drummers. And they would take local jazz musicians and the local jazz musicians would become part of the house band, if you will. And they would have names like the Wrecking Crew and they would be this giant. Yeah, this is huge down in Muscle Shoals as well, which is yeah. right where I grew up in that area. Exactly. Yeah. So they would have these stables of session musicians and they'd bring an artist in and they could crank out really high quality songs because the session musicians were so used to working together. They would be able to just start the song listen to the demo, chart it out, and then record. And that was it. If you've never worked with a professional session musician before, that's worth sitting in on a session. It's worth sitting in with a professional session drummer, professional session bass player, et cetera, and just sitting down and watching how ridiculously fast these guys are. If you've only worked with bands and have never worked with session musicians, whew, definitely worth, if you've got a buddy or a friend or a band that you know that's going to hire one, to just sit in the back and watch it's amazing. Yeah. As someone who has never hired a session musician, I envy you on that. Like this is going to very much depend on your genre. I'd say in the metal yeah, world or the hardcore world where I'm at, it's just not a common thing. And you will rarely find an artist that would even entertain the thought of a session musician, unless it was like a cello or a violin or something that is just something they don't play at all. 
So in the future, if you go back to episode 22, our interview with Emily, Emily runs a remote drum recording business. Here's my prediction. Many of you listening are going to build a successful team and many of you will build a successful team of session musicians and almost all of them will be remote. It'll be a list of emails that you have or a list of websites where you say, this is my drummer, that's my bass player, that's my guitar player, and you hire people from all over the internet and you collaborate successfully. I really think, I'm confident that at the next NAM or something like that, someone's going to walk up to me in a year or two and say, boy, I heard that episode, that podcast you guys did. I did it. I built a team of virtual freelancers, of virtual session musicians, and now I'm killing it. My records are incredible because I have unbelievable musicians, but I've never met any of them. Yeah. It's kind of like the revolution we've had in the internet world of digital nomads, as they call them, but it's not really that. It's digital musicians now in our world. Just the abundance of freelancers that the internet has opened up to us. Now we're not stifled by our location. Like in Alabama, we didn't have a huge amount of musicians except in the Shoals area. In Athens, where I was from, there's not a huge amount of musicians there. In Nashville, you do have a lot of musicians you can choose from. But if you're not in a great area, then you have the internet at your disposal and there's more than enough great musicians on the internet for you to to move to. But that's that's it for as far as building our team for your artists that you work with. Really quickly, we're going to just run through the team that you build for yourself because this is also huge. This is also low-hanging fruit. This is also easy. And this is also necessary for all of us. If you are in a niche or you're providing one specific service, there's no excuse not to have team members that fulfill a large majority of the work that you do in these other areas, or at least being able to refer work to these other people. And that is an editor, someone to do mix prep for you if you're a mixing engineer, or session prep if you're a mastering engineer, a mix engineer for your team a mastering engineer or mastering engineers for your team and a marketing team for you. Because a lot of us, there is some low hanging fruit in our businesses when it comes to marketing. And I don't think I've ever seen a studio that's really hired on someone to handle their marketing for them. Have you, Chris? I have seen people dabble in this. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, I'm aware of one studio in particular. They're one of my competitors, actually. They have a guy who is the mastering engineer and another business partner, quote unquote, who takes care of everything else, specifically marketing and websites and all that stuff. So yeah, there's definitely an option here even to do equity sharing um, to say, hey, we're going to share the studio, but my role is going to be mostly audio and your role can be mostly marketing. And this gets dangerous because there's some ways people can take advantage of it. There's people that can overqualify themselves. So you really got to do your due diligence here. But as someone who just recently hired on a Facebook marketing agency to take over all my advertising for the six-figure home studio, I could say it's a huge weight off my shoulders <laughs> to where I could just go back to doing what I do, which is creating content for the six-figure home studio instead of screwing around with Facebook ads every single day. It's just great to take certain things off your plate. And that goes for anything that you're doing that you really don't need to be doing. That's if you're great at mixing and you're not a great recording engineer, you're not a great mastering engineer, get it off your plate. Get someone on your team that can do that and that frees you up to really just do the stuff that you're meant to do, that you love to do, that you're great at doing, and it gets everything else off your plate. Yeah, absolutely. I think the big thing here that I would imagine that there is probably some pushback in the hearts of some of you guys listening is, well, how do I afford that? I'm barely making enough money as it is now. Excellent question. That is the right question. Let's use mastering as an example here because it's a way for me to... Pitch your services. Pitch my services. <laughs> So what I always tell mix engineers, producers, audio engineers to do is to say, hey, when you get to the end of the project and you're trying to explain to the artist why it's completely normal to hire a separate person to master the record, one of the things that you can do is ask for a free sample. 
before you're even trying to use words to explain it, is to use audio to explain it. It's to say, hey, I went ahead, I took the liberty of sending one of your songs to a mastering engineer I know. He did a free sample. Here's what it sounds like. What do you think? It's a great way for you to add value as an audio engineer because you took the initiative. You didn't ask for permission. It's a free sample anyways. Yeah, exactly. So you can even do that as a mastering contest. Send it to a couple mastering engineers and say, here are all the mastering engineers I sent your song to. Here's what they sound like. Let's just see which one you like the best. I know that you said you don't have any budget, but let's just listen to them. It'll give us an idea of what's possible. Almost 100% of the time, what will happen is the artist will hear the master and will say, oh, that's <laughs> nice. I must have that. That's also creepy. It's creepy, yeah. They usually do it in a big creepy voice like that, way too close to the microphone. And then they magically find a way to be able to afford a service like that. Now, here's where this becomes a great idea for you. If that took the project up a couple notches, the next potential client you have will probably listen to the last project you did when deciding if they're going to hire you or not. If the project now sounds better because you've convinced the artist to make an investment to up the level, to up the quality of the product, you stand to get more clients in the future by doing that. And that really goes with any of these teammates yes, that we're talking about here. 100%. If you have a graphic designer in your team that makes the album art and all other art that they have, their entire brand look more professional. If you hire a good videographer on your quote unquote team that can give them a great music video. If you have good session musicians that make the album sound incredible, you have a good editor to make everything sound tight. You have a good mixing engineer to make it sound amazing. At the end of the day, everything sounds better. Everything looks better. And so you look better and that gets you more clients. Yes. So what it all comes down to, and I know this is tough love here. Most artists don't care how good you are at EQ. They don't care how competent you are with signal flow. They don't care how good you are with a compressor. Or how much gear knowledge you have. Or how much gear knowledge you have. Or whether you can identify the innards of a specific type of microphone based on the color of the label on the microphone. They don't care. What they care about is does the record sound freaking awesome at the end of the day? Does it pull me in and do I want to listen to the whole song after I listen to the first 10 seconds? As a former musician, I can say absolutely 100%. That's all I cared about. That's all musicians want. And if they care about like your gear list and all that stuff, you don't want to work with them in the first place. They're going to be a nightmare. So let's just say you went deaf. As an audio engineer, you couldn't hear anymore, but you still had great contacts. You could probably still barely make a living just organizing teams. That's a good challenge to take on. If yeah. I don't do it, I'd love to see someone do it. Just take a project on where you do nothing. All you do is organize the moving parts and moving pieces into place. Pick the team members. Get the team together. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's totally possible. And what you'd be doing is you'd say, oh, well, you know, Bill charges $75 a song to play bass. I'm going to bill the artist 100 Totally normal, totally ethical. It's a project management thing. And just yeah. so you guys know, if that turns you off in any way, go look at how any agency on earth works. They usually bill double what they're paying their freelancers. Yeah. So if you have a graphic design agency and they charge you $5,000 for logo, they're probably only paying out their designers $2,000 or $2,500 of that. Maybe. Maybe even that, yeah. This is what we're talking about here is the contractor model. So if I want to get my bathroom redone, I find a contractor. The contractor knows the drywall guy. He knows the tile guy. He knows the plumber. He knows the electrician. He brings the team together and he makes a beautiful bathroom. He likely does not swing the hammer one time. Exactly. A really good contractor doesn't swing a hammer, despite what you might have seen on HGTV. Yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> that's bullshit. 
So that's the thing to think about here is that you can be an audio contractor and build a team. And I'm not advising that you don't ever touch a board again or you don't ever sit down and listen again. You should. I don't know why you'd want to be in this industry if you didn't love the actual art making part of this. Oh, it's true. But there's probably one area you love and a lot of areas you are just so-so about. And then probably some areas that you absolutely hate to do. Yeah. And this is where a team can come in and help. Frankly, if I had to bet on the future of two people, let's call them Bob and Steve. Steve is the best audio engineer I've ever met in my life. Bob is a pretty good audio engineer, but he is the best team builder I've ever met in my life. 10 years from now, Steve might not be in business anymore. Bob definitely will be. So this is a powerful concept. The skill of team building is really, 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 really valuable and effective because artists want a great final product. They don't care if only you did it. Nobody, nobody says like, oh man, the CD sounds great. Turn it over. Let's see if only one guy did everything. Because if, if it, only if it was one guy, will I then hire that one guy? Ugh, there's 10 people on the back of this record. There's definitely some ego to get past on this. Yeah. It's getting past the ego of letting others help you and understanding that you are not the best at everything. <laughs> and this is, this is Brian preaching to himself 15 years ago. Not really. It was like seven years ago. This is Chris preaching to himself today. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is stuff that I could be way, way, way better at. But I know that this is one of the secrets of success. This is what virtually every successful person ever has done is on some level, they had some ability to be a contractor. So kind of to wrap this episode up, I think a good thing to talk about here would be Barry Gordy and Motown. Chris, since you're the expert, I'll let you tell this story. But why is Motown such a great example of what can be accomplished when you put a great team in place? Motown, the music of Detroit, essentially, in the 60s, is my favorite music ever. I'm obsessed with it. It's what got me into music in the first place. R.I.P. Yeah, Aretha. Aretha Franklin, yeah. Indeed. But Barry Gordy, he was the guy that was in charge of Motown. It was his baby. He started it. And one of the things that he did that was just absolutely incredible was he vertically integrated the whole business. So they had multiple team members. What does that mean in layman's terms for layman's like me? Vertically integrated means that they got a niche, they locked that niche down, and then they knew like, well, after we record the artist, then we need a mix engineer. So we're going to bring a mix engineer on our team. And then after we mix it, we're going to need a mastering engineer. And then we're going to need someone who can talk to the DJs to get them to spin this record. And all the things that you would need from creation all the way to selling the product to the customer, having all these things. And it's an idea that Barry Gordy got working at Henry Ford's factory. Henry Ford was notoriously famous for vertically integrating his business. They would do all the things after they mastered each of the niches that they jumped into. So artist development is something that is amazing. What Barry Gordy would do is he would have his artist development team go down to the local high school and find kids with potential. This is how Diana Ross got her job. They found Diana Ross at the local high school. She was like 17 years old. They did this a lot. They taught them how to carry themselves. They taught them how to sing. They taught them how to dance. They taught them how to walk. And they brought them all the way up to the very end Ed Sullivan show and selling millions of records and stuff like that. So the artist development side of things, there's a lot of potential there if you're patient enough to find someone with a lot of talent and work with them on crafting their persona. And honestly, you can negotiate for a, a pretty large cut of the pie if it's a nobody, if it's a 17-year-old kid like Diana Ross, not a real name, but anyways, there's just a lot you can do there 
that's super interesting. So having somebody that can at least help you, and maybe that's not you, maybe that's somebody else that can sit down with an artist and be like, all right, I'm going to come to your shows. I'm going to help you become better. I'm going to help round off the rough edges that make you less palatable as an artist. And that could be all the difference in the world. Certainly a lot of opportunity there to have somebody that can help you with that. So yeah, just to kind of wrap everything up, I think this is a good way to lead this is if you can build up your team, you can help develop artists from point A to point Z from the ground up. And most likely, and we've talked about this in the past, specializing is the way. Most of you are not going to have the skills and talents to where you can single-handedly develop an artist to the level that they need to be back like Barry Gordy did. He is an anomaly. He is a freak of nature because he was able to do this, but he also didn't do this without a team. He had a massive team around him and he understood the power of team. And so that's kind of the entire gist of this episode is there are a lot of benefits to having a team around you, referral work, reciprocity, friendship, but the least of which being this artist development, being able to take your artists down the entire, for lack of a better word, production line from this raw, unrefined product to a polished final work, you can help facilitate every single step in the assembly line and your team is there to help anywhere that there is a weak point. Yeah, so I love this. There's just such an opportunity, I think, to be more helpful and to lean into our own creativity and use that to grow a business. Man, that's just cool. So I would encourage you guys to think about growing your team. Think about ways that you can be creative in getting people to help your artists and in creating these win-win-win scenarios. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. My question for you now is this. Who are the next three people that you are going to add to your team, whether it's a graphic designer, videographer, lawyer, merch company even? All of, just think through all of the things that an artist needs when they're touring, when they're off tour, when they're home, when they're trying to get started, when they're already developed and they're trying to get to the next level. Just think through the entire process from the artist's perspective and then determine what are the three that I'm going to focus on right now for my studio to build my team out. When you have the answer to that question, go join the discussion in our Facebook community. We have an official discussion on Facebook. You can go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 47. That's slash four seven. And that gets you to our show notes page. And on that page is a link directly to our Facebook discussion. And this is an area where the community is discussing this episode. And even if you're listening months and months later, Chris and I are both tagged in this thread. So even if you're listening to this episode three to six months after it's aired, Chris and I will still see your comments if you go to our show notes page and join that conversation from that link. Next week's episode is all about side hustles. This is where Chris and I go over side hustles that you can use to supplement your studio's income as you're making the transition out of your day job into the full-time world of recording. Because so many people that listen to our podcast, they're on the fence. They have a day job, their studio is doing pretty well, but it's kind of scary to leave their day job. And so if you can find a good side hustle that's bringing in consistent income while you're building your audio career, especially if that side hustle is flexible, meaning when your studio is busy, you don't have to do your side hustle, but when your studio is slow, you can do your side hustle. That's the topic for next week's episode. So I'm really excited to bring that to your ears. And one final thing to talk about here is Chris and I are experimenting with ways to multiply the content that we already create. Meaning we do these podcast episodes and we're sitting here on video talking to each other. Why not take some of these video clips and put them on Facebook so, or maybe YouTube? So one of the things you're going to start seeing from us is clips from every one of our episodes, the little single nuggets of truth that our editor pulls out from the episode. And hopefully we're going to be posting those on Facebook and YouTube. So you're going to see some more video content of our beautiful mugs 
talking to you instead of just in your earbud. So look for that on our Facebook page. So if you haven't followed the Six Figure Home Studios Facebook page, just go to the facebook.com slash the Six Figure Home Studio. That's all spelled out. There's no numbers in it, just the S-I-X Figure Home Studio. Or you can just go follow our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Six Figure Home Studio. Until next time, thanks for listening and happy hustling. Whoa.